Welcome to the WP SEO Show, brought to you by SEO Hive, your proactive white label SEO partner. The WP SEO Show is all about talking WordPress and SEO from optimizations, structures, setups, and plugins. We explore how to make your WordPress website perform better in the search engines. Here are your hosts, Pete Everett and Jeff Patch. Hello and welcome to this episode of the WP SEO Show. It is the first show of 2024 and we're back in the game. How you doing, Jeff? I'm good. It is, uh, we were just joking, but like it feels feels so weird. We took a couple weeks off and like, oh man, everybody needs a break every now and then, but like it was the holidays, but here we are and it's like, it was maybe it was a mistake. I feel like I lost the groove, you know. <laughs> we'll get back into it. It'll be yes. absolutely fine. So, uh, so did you have a good Christmas and New Year? I did. I did. We um we didn't do anything too crazy. We stayed pretty local. Um, we have family spread around, so we had to do a bit of you know driving and commuting and stuff. But I mean, honestly, it was a nice time. We did a lot of our prep like well ahead of time. You know, like people say they're going to do every year. We actually did it, and. Oh, it was great. It was great. Oh, well, good stuff. What about you? You were uh, uh, you were gone. I was gone. Yeah, we uh, so we were at home for Christmas, which was uh, which was great. And then between Christmas and New Year, we went uh, we went over to France to our favorite ski resort, and we were there for New Year. So uh, came back in the middle of last week, and yeah, we had a we had a great time, and the snow was good, and the runs were good. And uh, I'll give him a shout out right now. My son Isaac got a GoPro for Christmas, so he <laughs> he set himself up with a little YouTube channel, which is sort of uh, highlighting some of the runs that he was doing. So if anybody's interested, feel free to DM me, and I'll uh, I'll drop the link. In fact, I might even drop the link in the show notes just to um <laughs> just just to give him a big up. He's thirteen and uh, or nearly thirteen, and uh, he'd he'd love an extra few subscribers or two. So uh, yeah, that's that's what we did. Pete sent me the link to it while he was gone over. Hey, you know Isaac's doing this, and you'd really love a sub. And I'm pretty sure Uncle Jeff was his first sub. I'm pretty sure, uh, but probably um... was. Yeah, outside of me and his mum. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> He's oh. like. We, we, we were in this apartment in France and he set this thing up on his phone and uh, and got some artwork and did this, that and the other. And he was like, hey, dad, dad, where's your phone? Like, here, why? Next thing. Thanks. And he gives it back to me and he's subbed from my YouTube account. <laughs> mom, mom, where's your phone? <laughs> so he's like instantly gone to like three subscribers within the first five minutes. But uh, hey. yeah, he's, he's, he's getting some good views on those videos. Um, you got to get is, in an algorithm somehow, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I love it because I, I wasn't using uh, headphones to listen to it. And I just have a real crappy desktop speaker that like, it's fine for like background music or something like that. So, you know, with those GoPros, you kind of hear the wind and the snow a little more than you do like the, the, the talking because he's not really talking, he's skiing. But I love kind of half hearing his commentary. You know, he's like, oh, 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 boy. And he sees his, he sees his brother. He's like, did you see me hit that bump? And he goes, are you amazed that I didn't crash? <laughs> I, I will I will say there's two two elements on one video where it, where he muted it and that's because his mum nearly crashed just out of shot and started swearing. <laughs> I was like trying to listen if he was maybe swearing under his breath going ooh I'm until dad. <laughs> So, no, so that, that, that was what we did that was what we did and we had it we had a great time and yeah back to it and uh energized and lots of lots of stuff planned and um yeah it's gonna be good it's gonna be good so 
it's a new year and we kind of thought look you know what we have to do a new year episode and um we batted around a few ideas about what we could do about uh, seo in sort of what we expect seo to be like in 2024 but rather than pregress pre-guess anything uh we kind of settled on this title of three core principles of seo that are going to be important in 2024 and we just thought that would be a good thing to to have as the first show of of the year to, you know a good, yeah. a good theme for it um so you know, none of this is going to be necessarily groundbreaking, but hopefully, hopefully, you'll find it useful. You'll find it entertaining, um, and maybe there'll be a few bits that you know, a few different ways of thinking about stuff that that you might not have thought about. Um, uh, yeah, in considering some of this stuff uh, in the past. So the first one is, look, we're for for the last two or three years, we've been in a essentially a content revolution when it comes to when it comes to Google. Ever since they've moved to user-centric content so rather than seo-centric content um you know the content has been king and let's be honest that isn't going to change too much in the next 12 months um you know whatever the developments are with the algo with the the priorities of stuff you can bet your bottom dollar it's all going to be content driven but maybe the way that we interact with that content might be a, a little different and I, I guess the first part of this content discussion we need to have is about AI because, yeah, look, AI tools are becoming more and more prevalent. They're becoming easier to access. They're becoming cheaper to access. It's becoming embedded, flipping everywhere. Um, you can't really get away from them. But alongside that, the AI detection tools are getting better. And it's my gut feeling that, you know, uh, the presence of AI is going to become evident in some form in the algorithm, probably within 2024. I don't know what you think about that, Jeff. You think you think like Google's going to say, "Hey, this is AI content," or it's going to kind of have a warning or it tags, might have a some sort of tag I mean, or yeah. something on it. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I I mean I don't know about that specifically, but I think that whether it's Google saying you know kind of pointing out that content because I could see how that would be both beneficial and detrimental to them so i'm just i'm trying to kind of figure out how that would be a, a good choice for them but um it's gonna happen one way or the other like whether it's google specifically or you know it's all the tools and, and everything and overall it's great you know i mean i think overall the ai revolution as we're calling it is you know is amazing um there's a lot of controversy, especially when it comes to artists and things like that. And, and those are, you know, I've been, this is kind of just a personal topic I've dug into it. I've been seeing some companies I follow that are, you know, kind of cutting out their artists and that's, you know, not cool. That's kind of one of the big things that, you know, we focus on is that like, you know, we, we want to embrace AI as much as possible, but like at the core, we still want humans producing the content, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's extremely valuable to us. And, um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm just, I'm really interested to see the evolution because I think so much happened last year with it. And this year it's, I'm hoping that we're not necessarily dealing with new things. We're dealing with better things. You know, I'm, I'm hoping that the, the playing field levels out. I'm hoping that things are solid and maybe, maybe just as a, like, you know, as an industry or as a world as a whole, we start to learn how to use them in responsible ways and, you know. Well, there's, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because there's there's a number of sides of this discussion which you need to consider. The first is 
the first is look, AI is is machine learning. That's that's what it does. It can read, it can process, and it can it can respond to commands and and spit out. For a content creation point of view, I'm, I'm talking about, you know, that's that's what it does, um, which means that for all those people that were struggling with generating anything online, they've instantly got a leg up into this world of of being able to produce stuff, and you don't need to have that blank cursor syndrome or whatever it was called. Uh, yeah. You know, you you can you can very easily get out the gates with stuff. The, you know, the the difficulty would be if if all content on the internet was simply produced by AI and copied and pasted straight onto the internet, and then that then fed the AI, which then more people queried and then copied and pasted that output, then you'd end up in quite a dark place. Yeah. But the reality is that that's never going to happen. I think there's enough content, genuine content creators out there on the internet that it, you're never going to get this, um, this waiting where AI is feeding AI is feeding AI whilst that might happen, you know, I'm not saying it'll never happen for a single cycle, but the fact that it would happen over and over and over again in this sort of cyclical fashion, I don't, I don't see that happening. But that would what be some do- interesting, I'm just thinking about the logic that goes into all that, you know, watching all that kind of breakdown would be really interesting, but I do see, I don't, and I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I, I have seen a couple things lately. And, and this is actually very specifically about WordPress stuff um, where, you know, I'm sure all the, you know, WordPress developers and implementers out there have Googled, how do I do this? Or, you know, looking for a code snippet or something. And I forget what it, I forget what it was. I think it was something with Redis dash uh, Redis um, database caching, but I was following a, you know, a six, seven step tutorial on some blog and the logic was completely broken. And then I quickly realized this was all done by AI because it was like, oh, you know, add this to your WP config file, uh, do this, and then restart the FTP server. It's like, wait, what? Like, where the hell did that come from? <laughs> like, like, okay, a human wouldn't have, I mean, you know, people could say the wrong thing sometimes, but that was just so out of left field. I'm like, <laughs> man, is this really what we've come to? And, I, you know, I see a lot of people say, oh, I got great code snippets and stuff from chat GPT, and that's great. But man, that's already what I'm seeing just on blogs. So yeah. I'm really worried that people will kind of, I, I don't think anyone's going to truly benefit from it, but I'm afraid that people might start cluttering the waters with that. You know, Well, you, you might be right, but I think Google's response to that is going to be to lean more into EEAT and YMYL, your money, your life type parts of the algorithm to in order to clean up that, that stuff out of there. Yeah. So the, the reality is that whatever AI creates, particularly if AI starts feeding AI, it's going to become more and more generic as time goes by, Mm -hmm. which is then going to drop it out of that experience, expertise, authority, and trust uh, factor or your money, your life type type content. So I personally, I think that Google is going to end up leaning more and more into those things. We've, I know we've mentioned them in the past on the show. Maybe we need to do a, a specific episode, which is about EAT and uh, YML or YMYL, um, uh, and uh, you know, and, and explore those a bit further, which isn't the, the the sort of place for it right now. But I that that's what I ultimately think Google's response is going to be, and simply it'll just sink AI content out of the SERPs, um, which may stop some people that are relying on it for their for purely for their as their own content uh, creation mechanism may stop them from. Um, using it in that way in which case it then naturally starts to police itself there's obviously going to be we're still in that area of transition aren't we we're still in that place of flux and we uh, but i i think in terms of this show and 
or the core principle for 2024, content, having good quality content that plays to the EAT or the YMYL, depending, it depends on the type of content. Um, uh, types of parts of the uh, parts of the process it's important to note that both of those are not yet part of the algorithm they're theories they are not uh, but it will be interesting to see how google retrofits them in they they are theories that have come from google principles that have come from google I mean, they're tracking um, the metrics on them so i mean they're, they're gonna put them in place i mean it's <laughs> well and and i think what we're dancing around with here is really the topic that actually more and more, even though we've been through two or three iterations of this helpful content update in 2023, more and more, the emphasis is going to be on how does this content help the user? How is it written by humans for other humans to get them, you know, to educate them, to help them, to help them achieve something to whatever the, 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 the end goal is, how does that work? Um, and you know, I'm fed up of hearing every year since like, 2015 it feels like you you get to january the first and somebody says hey youtube's going to be the biggest search engine this year you need to double down into youtube content i i don't disagree that youtube is growing i don't disagree that it's a good search engine but i don't think it's going to overtake google any year really it's just different it's just different but i think what that highlights is as as we are moving away, uh, not moving away from AI content, as the world becomes more um, uh, sort of, as we navigate through this AI content and how it filters into real world gen- uh, general content that is written for the user or generated for the user, I think that's where things like video, things like audio, uh, the different formats that your customers, potential customers cons- can consume that's where it's going to be uh, that's going to play another role in it let me put it that way um yeah I, I mean i would say if you're starting this year off and you're going hmm what content am i going to produce where am i going to put it and you're and you're bouncing you know those ideas especially like you just mentioned you hear that a lot youtube is the biggest search engine etc and it's it is in some context you know depending on which way you want to frame it but I'd say make the content and put it in the best place it should be. You know, if it's, if, if the, what you're trying to share is best done in video, make YouTube content. That's great. You know, if it's best written, have a blog. If it's, you know, (laughs) whatever it is, the content is the core principle and whether it's video or written, obviously text is, you know, probably weighted a little bit more for search, but all this stuff is feeding into the algorithm. That's always going to be beneficial. Yeah, absolutely. Fully agree. Fully agree. So that principle one is is content. Principle two is technical SEO. And again, this isn't like a groundbreaking light bulb theme. But personally, I think the, the trajectory for 2024 is because of this new acceptance or modeling around AI and how AI content is going to fit into the SERPs and how that's going to affect search rankings and and this, that, and the other, which is only going to become more prevalent as time goes by. I think that technical SEO is... It's always been important to have a strong technical SEO foundation, but I think it's going to become even more important. That, That balance of having a website that plays the game the way Google wants it to be played and has the content that is going to help users get from A to B, 
that is where the the real sort of gem of a mix of of driving traffic is going to be yeah and you can you can have some success if one or the other is not fully embraced or in place but it's not you're not maximizing that effort (laughs) you're just not and if you're out, if you're putting all that work into your content on a website, you know, whether this is your website as the agency or one of your clients, whatever it is, but the technical health isn't there, well, there's probably going to be a competitor whose technical health is in good shape and is producing similar content and is then overstepping you in the rankings. I mean, that's, that's really is in the most simple, you know, way how it breaks down. Um, and it's, yeah, I feel like we're, we're beating a dead horse here. I hate that. I hate that euphemism. <laughs> that metaphor is terrible. <laughs> Why would you be a dead horse? I don't know, but I never would. Why would you so. be any horse? <laughs> <laughs> I do live around horses. I wouldn't beat them, but no. Anyway, <laughs> sorry for my weird uh, metaphors here. But anyway. Good um, to see things haven't changed in 2024 on the WPSEO show. No, no. <laughs> Jeff's weird metaphors. Anyway. Um, I'm yeah, a segment. <laughs> editor take that part out no wait we don't have an editor we we don't have an editor (laughs) (laughs) oh wait we click publish all right um no okay you know like you were saying people we've been saying technical health technical health for years and years and years and years and years and years and you know what i still every single day of my life enter a website or 12 where nobody has paid any attention to technical health so in 20 and 24 i think it's the first time i've said 2024 in 2024, please do this stuff. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, we're, we're verging Just on my soapbox. Just save me. Save With, me. Yeah, save Jeff. 2024, <laughs> hashtag save Jeff. Um, we, we're verging on my soapbox, which is agencies should be producing websites that are technically clean anyway. Yeah. And we know that SEO, technical SEO, isn't everybody's bag, but... Yeah, if people are coming to you as a web professional, therefore you should, you know, do that. You wouldn't go and take your car to the garage and be happy if the guy used elastic bands and duct tape to give it back to you. So why would you do that with a website? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to go there. Um, but I, the, the point, I think, for this show is that 2024 is going to be the time of almost like reconciliation of a lot of this stuff. And the the differentiating factors are going to be a lot of the stuff that we already do, but turned up to eleven. So you're gonna need to you're gonna need to get this this nailed. Whether that's getting some external help in to help help you with that, whether that's changing your build processes, whether that's putting a um, you know putting a, a process at the start of an SEO retainer, whatever it is, this stuff needs to be done. I. I've often explained technical SEO or not getting technical SEO right means that like all of your other SEO efforts have a seatbelt on. If you've got a website that's got a health of 62 or 63%, you can write the world's best blog about, you know, 10, 15,000 words about most in-depth article about whatever the core topic of the website is. But when Google sees it, it's going to say, that's a great piece of content on a website that's got a health of 63%. (laughs) um so you know just add that sentence to the end of anything else that you do and you're instantly limiting the effort and therefore the reach and therefore the results of any work that you do be it on your own website or a client's website that's that's just the reality and as i say my inkling for 2024 is that that is just going to become more and more important as time goes by absolutely i'm already seeing it excuse me um in search console (laughs) 
you know, this is <laughs> this is like the bane of any like web professionals existences, those search console emails. But, you know, normally there there was right a couple years ago, the focus was responsive uh, yeah, design. Yeah. Right. And so and everybody started getting it. Yeah, SSL. And so, of course, there was the, oh, you know, this website isn't behind SSL warnings you'd get or which that's pretty much done these days. Um, but the uh, two, two elements are too close together. Font size is too small. I mean, all these just ridiculous things that when you actually look at them in place, they're not actually causing a problem or they're not a thing. But we've seen those over and over again. Now I'm seeing so much more on the schema and the various um, strings that are attached to things because you go through when you do the, you know, sometimes when you install an SEO plugin and you go through the kind of the wizard and stuff, a lot of those things are just left blank because they're not relevant. Well, sometimes those tags still get left in there. They're not relevant. They shouldn't matter. Google's starting to see them. They're starting to yeah. kind of notify about them. And so I was just reviewing some just yesterday and we're looking at them and going, this is irrelevant. This doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't need a testimonial author's name because this isn't a testimonial. I don't know if that means things need to be, you know, cleaned up on that side. And that's more of a probably a struck uh, like a plugin structure thing because they're inserting all that stuff. Or if this is just kind of Google testing some new checks and putting some new checks in place. But it's happening. And that's, you know, well, we're going to see how they play out. But they are definitely, definitely it's, happening. It's definitely happening. Now, here's a curveball. You just as you were talking, it made me think about it. And this isn't something we we mentioned in our little pre-show chat where we, we ironed out our notes that we'd made. Ooh, um, I love surprises. But yeah, there could be there could be more of an inclusion for accessibility legislation in with tech technical SEO as well. Which at the moment at the moment accessibility is very much based on a country by country basis. I know in the US you have far stricter accessibility rules mm -hmm. on websites than we do in Europe. But I just I, I the thought just occurred to me as you were talking that could be that could be something that gets included in the in the not too distant future into tech SEO through search console. Although if anybody from Google is listening to this show, which I realize is probably unlikely, but if they are, um, please do you want to sponsor something. us? <laughs> yeah. Do you want to sponsor? Oh, us? that's not what you're going to ask. No, no. Uh, although now you've just asked it, so yeah, please sponsor us. Um, but do please do something about the interface for Google Search Console. It is terrible. It is absolutely awful. Um, I'll I'll take the interface. Just stop with the emails to my clients. <laughs> just stop. Yeah. Just please, please just review it. Review that whole thing. It's not, it's not good. It it hasn't really changed or evolved since you know the dinosaurs, and it really needs to. Um, yeah. If you want to see a Google interface that's definitely been designed by developers, it is uh, Search Console. And <laughs> let's face it, GA four ain't much better. But yeah. we'll we're learning to we're learning to live with that one. Um. But yeah, so hey, watch this space. Maybe, maybe anybody listening to this or watching this has some thoughts about how accessibility may get worked into the uh, into the the uh, algo at some point. I don't know. That's yeah, it's yeah, just a curveball. I don't know how that would would work necessarily, but I have to be honest. I think that it probably should and would be a good thing because, I mean, just kind of going back to the AI, right? It's like, well, do we want to publish that it's a? Or do we want to be to know that it's ai probably so if google's gonna you know be telling people that they should probably also tell people that it's accessible because they don't want to promote a website that people that can't use it you know what i mean like if, if somebody can't use it because of accessibility issues 
Google probably isn't going to prioritize that in the search. I don't think they're tracking that. I don't think they really can yet, but they will if it's, will. if it matters and it matters. It does. And you know, it's another indicator that you as the website owner are putting the user first, which is, yeah. that is the key, the key metric here. Cause that's, let's remember the reason that all of this stuff happens is so that Google can charge the most for the ads that appear at the top so that it can earn money. You by getting all of this stuff, right. Whilst you're supporting your clients or developing your own business or whatever, you are also helping Google earn money. And that is their, you know, they're a business. That's their primary focus. I am on a legal standpoint, I am not educated to speak about this, but you have to think, is Google putting themselves at risk? Could they be putting themselves at risk by promoting websites that fall into that category? You know what I mean? So they're they might even do that on their ads too. They might go, you know, your site Maybe. has to be accessible in every Maybe. way. They probably they might already do that. Absolutely. Maybe I don't do ads. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I have people that do ads for me. It's, yeah. it's not really my area of expertise either. Um, so uh, yeah, cool. Uh, and then the last, the last thing, it, the third principle for 2024. Maybe we should have done at the start of the episode is, hey, these are what we think our three principles are going to be, and then dive into them. So you've had to wait 24 minutes for this one. Uh, is uh, that? That sounds like your strategy to me. <laughs> <laughs> suckers we got you <laughs> okay it's now 25 minutes uh but yeah the, the third is going to be that local results are going to become more prevalent um both in the search results and also the map pack traffic and uh that though you know accessing local results that way is going to become uh the interaction that's going to increase as well uh so that's going to put the emphasis on making sure that you have your Google business profile sorted out, making sure that you are generating content that is locally relevant, making sure that all of the schema stuff, all of the tags, all of the you know declarations you make are, uh, are, are watertight. That kind of, I suppose, sits in technical SEO, but it is more of a, a local SEO sort of process. Making sure that you're building citations properly, making sure that you're uh, uploading the relevant types of content to your profile so that you can compete with the people that are already in the in the top of that, making sure that your geographics are separate, all of that kind of stuff. Um, that That's, uh, again, this comes down to basically ever since we've said, look, there's going to be a filtration process for AI content, Everything else we've said since that point are things that we think are going to play a factor in how Google is going to filter that AI content through the SERPs. And local is another another key element of that. Yeah, I mean, it's become so ingrained in our day-to-day life. And when you think just not even talking about the agency business or, you know, working with clients, just going out into the world and looking for stuff. We are constantly using our mobile devices. We're constantly looking at things that are being ranked in the map pack on Google. We're finding directions to places. We're looking at reviews. We're looking at pictures to make sure the place doesn't look sketchy to make sure it's open. You know what I mean? I mean, even in, I live in Southern California and it is, it's a busy, you know, area, a lot of business, a lot of commerce. I would say the vast majority of places, you know, not big places like, you know, big brick and mortar places like say Target or, you know, big, you know, department stores or whatever, but like smaller businesses, I'd say the vast majority of them are either just flat out not on there they haven't claimed their listing or they have done absolutely nothing and it's not useful and half the time as a consumer you wonder if they're even open yeah yeah and so so many local businesses just don't they're not embracing it and it it can i mean 
I don't want to say it can instantly give you success, but it probably can in some cases, in a lot of cases. You know. Hey guys, uh, apologies if you've seen a cut in our audio or our video. We did just have a little tech error. But we were just about to talk about, or I was just about to talk about a little Thai restaurant down in London that I, I saw uh, when I was down there visiting a client, we spent the day with a the client, there was a few of us there, and we needed to eat something. And the, the client recommended this Thai restaurant that was in this little cul-de-sac just behind Covent Garden. And uh, their directions were, look, here's the street name. And then when you get there, there's like four Thai food shops Go into the one that looks terrible. And... Uh, the we when we got there, it was exactly like that. There was like there was like eight shops in this little precinct, almost uh, off the, off the. Okay, sure, that's where we want to eat. Are you sure that's where we want to eat? Really? <laughs> yeah, that's that. That was exactly it. And it was we got there, and there was like these three Thai restaurants that wouldn't have looked out of place in a, a really high end shopping mall. You know, glass windows, uh, black tables with bench seats with all of the places already set little plants and stuff on on the tables just looked looked they all looked stunning and then there was this one place that i kid you not looked like a corner shop you couldn't see through the windows because they'd stuck like old posters of thailand on the windows so that when you were in the shop it you looked like you were sort of looking at thailand rather than a london street um but they were all sort of peeling and a bit ripped and sort of discolored and and whatever in because of the weather and uh the door looked uh, from memory i even think the door had a letterbox on it it was like an old house door that had been put in this hole to you know it wasn't really a door. It was more just like a, a, a hole plug uh, that was kind of the right <laughs> shape. Um, and we, we had exactly that discussion. It's like, are you sure? We, we might get killed. We might get eaten. Are we going to be on the menu? Who, who knows? And, uh, and sure enough, we went there and the food was exquisite. It was beautiful. It was like, it must be the best Thai food I've ever eaten. It was stunning. Well, let me put it this way. It was so good that like six years later, I can still remember this story. That's how yeah. good it was. Yeah. And uh, so why am I saying all this? Well, that, that's kind of the point of getting your local SEO stuff right. Getting all the right content on there. Getting you personalizing your your profile so that you aren't just a name with a few reviews next to you, but you're actually a, what you're actually trying to do with your local profile is take the user across that threshold, bring them into your business whilst the, they are still looking at you on the device in their hand. Because if you can get them invested at that point, then they'll either visit you or contact you or inquire with you or buy from you rather than you just being another listing on a map pack amongst a whole load of listings and you know the fact that you have all this different type of media available that's what sets the map pack apart from the standard search engines where it is just a title and some text um so yeah that that's why it's important um so i love anyway. that analogy both from a thai food aficionado standpoint because that is like <laughs> as soon as i knew exactly what i'm sure most people probably knew what that story how it was going to end but it was like yeah like absolutely thai food the sketchiest looking thai food is always the best thai food and but then also i think that's a great analogy because they and no offense to thai food i absolutely love thai food just 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 to be clear i love thailand i love thai food <laughs> um but the I love that analogy because those restaurants, the fancy ones with the marble and the glass windows and stuff, those are the fancy websites. Those are the nice designs. They probably, you know what I mean? And then mm. the sketchy one is that like old 20 year old one, but they've been doing SEO. And so they still get business like that's a great representation. Now, I don't know what their websites, either one of those like, but like 
those are great metaphors for both of those. I love it. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, what, that's what's important, right? Like the reviews, the sharing, you know, the the word of mouth, all that stuff. That that's, that's a, good, a good example of local search. That's it. Well, you know what? Maybe the, there's a guy that I. Uh, well, I'm, I'm personal friends with him here in the UK. A guy called Alex Curtis. He runs a an agency called the Lead Engine, and they do websites and SEO for financial service websites. That's their niche. So, mortgage advisors, pension advisors, financial advisors, those kind of people. And um, Alex, I might see if I can uh, strong arm him into coming on the show. So, I'm doing this live on air so that he will hear this episode because I will share it with him. And uh, <laughs> then he can't say no. And but they, his agency worked through the like six or seven touch points that people need or the six or seven touch points that people would have offline to work with a business and then replicated those onto a website so they are things like um they are things like social proof so having your reviews having testimonials from customers and and uh, you know other people that are like the people that you are wanting to attract now okay if you're a, if you're a, this is where it works so well for alex because he's a mortgage advisor uh, he works with mortgage advisors mortgage advisors are people that are buying houses that's the thing they have in common right they you know they are that, that's who they're helping so uh, you know have those reviews personalize the service so people would maybe want to get to know you a little bit more uh, to break down that boundary that might come in the in like in real life through a through a recommendation by a friend you know hey just speak to so-and-so or I've, I'll pass your number on that kind of thing well actually you can do that by creating content that's in audio format or video format so that you're breaking down that that barrier when when the person then inquires with you they all all um almost feel like they know you a little bit already Alex has a far better way of breaking that down. So maybe as we were talking about getting guests on from time to time, I uh, I might see if I can line Alex up to come and talk through his, I'm, I'm sure it's either a five or six sort of key indicators. I The bit of this podcast that Alex probably won't want to hear is I've sat through his presentation twice and I can't remember how many indicators there are that he, that he put on a website, but it he, he's really good at explaining it. So I'll, I'll see if I can line him up. Yeah, don't don't let that sway you, but uh, please, Alex, come on. <laughs> After Pete insults you, you know, like that, you know. I got it's all right. You, I it's you. all right. Yeah, thanks, mate. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, cool. Cool. I'll be up for some stick when, when Alex is on the show, for sure. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but that's, that's why there are three things. Content the, is going to become more and more prevalent. Technical is going to become more and more prevalent. Local is going to become more and more prevalent. Yeah. Yep. And it's like I was saying, just there's so many, I, I feel like much of the SEO industry is, is really focused on local SEO, which is great. It should be, but there's still just so many, you know, so many businesses out there that are just not using it. And it's not even something that like they need to, I don't know, invest a lot of time or effort into it. it, it, it just to start, just claim your profile. You know what I mean? And and just have the simple things up there. And And local SEO is interesting because it doesn't necessarily um, add to traffic to the website, right? Like in one way you can't track and be like, Hey, look, we've improved your local SEO and your website rankings went up. Cause that's not exactly the point of it. The point is to get people in the door of your business usually or calling you or, or whatnot. So it's a, it's a little bit different to show the success in that, but it's, it's vital. It's absolutely vital. It, it has been for a long time. And, um, 
I don't know. I mean, not to share another restaurant story, but I ate at a fantastic little Italian pizza place the other night because I was in this little shopping center and I was starving and I needed food. I was the only person in the place. I was so sketched out. They had no reviews, nothing anywhere. The only reason they got my business was because I was dying. (laughs) <laughs> and now I'm sitting there going, they're great. Why aren't they telling people about them? Like, I'm going to go write them a review. But you know what I mean? They're not embracing any of that. Nobody knows they exist. They don't exist. Please note, no co-hosts actually died in the production of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty starving, no, man. Was nor, pretty starving. nor were any horses beaten. <laughs> it, for, for, for me to go into a, to eat at a place like that, that isn't Thai food, says a lot. I was close to death. I was starving. <laughs> That's how much he loves Thailand, folks. Absolutely. (laughs) So, well, look, that's our big three. Uh, We'd love to hear from you if you have any other opinions if you if you disagree with us or you think that uh you know there's there's going to be other factors uh, and we're not saying that these are going to be the only things i should caveat this but these are going to be our big three for uh for 2024 and that is partly the way you know the reason that we do what we do and we structured the business the way we structure it but that's um yeah we'd love to hear from you about what you think uh, are going to be potential other influences in 2024 yep. as well and what are you doing to address them absolutely Absolutely. Well, look, I think that brings this first show of 2024 to a wrap. Um, it's been fun. We'll we'll hit our stride again. This one feels like it's been a bit bitty. You know, um, I mean, they're 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 not always Academy Award winning productions, but we get through them, and people listen, and they subscribe, and they like it. Okay, maybe not as many as we'd like, which is why I'm trying to guilt you into doing that. If you're still listening to this, please and thank you. I like I like the assertion that any of them are award winning episodes. <laughs> I didn't say I didn't say they were. I just said this one isn't. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic! And before we sign off, we need to give our weekly uh, weekly shout out to Carl Van Dusen at the admin bar. And some exciting news actually about that is that uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to announce this, but I'm going to anyway. Uh, is that for the next few months, we are going to be doing some guest posting on the Admin Bar website about some SEO-related themes. So um, we'll make sure that we drop the links in our socials and all that kind of thing when they're published. But yeah, watch this space. Uh, We will be, uh, both Jeff and I, will be generating some content over on the Admin Bar website too, which is going to be fun. Yeah, looking forward to it and hoping Pete didn't just break any non-disclosure agreements we signed. Sorry, I I used your signature, so you'd be the one that was, uh, (laughs) you know. When I got the PDF through on Adobe Sign, it was like a Jeffrey patch. Oh, yeah. I've got it saved in there. Yeah, you got yeah, it. It's all absolutely. Help yourself. It's all good. Thank God for LastPass. <laughs> <laughs> Can you sign some of those photos people have been requesting also for me? Uh, yeah, but the picture wasn't of you. <laughs> oh, oh, I mis- misunderstood that request, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you know that horse? <laughs> Oh, mate, if you're going to line them up like that. See you next week, everybody. (laughs) Have a good one, everyone. See you next time. The WP SEO Show is brought to you by SEO Hive, your agency's proactive white label SEO partner. We understand that finding a reliable SEO supplier is key to ensuring you build stable monthly recurring revenue into your digital agency. At SEO Hive, we have a suite of products that will help you sell, scale and deliver your monthly SEO retainers, from our scout reports and one-off technical boosters, to our flagship local SEO and honeypot plans, 
all of which have clear pricing and monthly deliverables. If you want to explore how SEO Hive can help your agency deliver high-quality and reliable SEO agreements for your clients, you can find more information at seohive.co and schedule a call to discuss the next steps.